Wave after wave. How many of you are being blessed this morning? Amen. Woo. Jesus. If you are on the floor, please just stay on the floor. You're doing the first things first. Laying at his feet. Thank you, guys. That's been fun. Thank you, Jesus. If you're wondering what's happening, just turn down your radios. You should hear them in your earpiece. But if you're wondering what's happening on all the shouting over there and stuff, you know, Jesus is touching us. Jesus is pouring out his spirit. Hey, Don, can you do me a favor? Can you sit on the front row while I'm sharing and just lay your hands on Rob? Can you hear me, Don Lee? Yep, can you sit on the front row and lay hands on Rob while, he, while we're... Rob's doing something. God's doing something in Rob. At least I'm talking mostly English today. Thank you, thank you. You know, if we came to church and just did our formal schedule, it would just be another country club event, right? It'd be like us going to the ball game Friday night. Just a scheduled event. But man, when Jesus steps in the room, everything changes. Everything gets put on pause and shifted around because the king has walked in. I'll take that any day. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You know, it's so funny how you, you come in and you're so full of life. How many of you ever come in and you just got your schedule and the needs of your family and what you got to do and all the things, right? And you're like, but Lord, how am I going to do church today? I, got, I need you and I'm so full of everything else. And then he steps in the room. And you don't even know what you were thinking about before. That's the kind of church I want to live in. Amen. So we're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit this morning as an unquenchable fire. You know, there's so many emblems of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. You have the dove, you have water, and we have fire. And so often the fire is just kind of, um, you know, like hands off, like, ooh. Maybe, maybe not. Carol knows a little bit about fire. Anybody was here Sunday night for Harp and Bowl? Carol knows a little bit about fire. And so we're just going to take a look. We're going to stir the pot, and we're going to see what the Lord would, would show us today. But in Matthew chapter 3, and verse 11 and 12, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. 
And so, you know, this Holy Spirit, this pouring out of the Holy Ghost, the Lord Jesus is pouring out his presence on you and I in an unquenchable fire. When you look through scripture and you begin to research and check out the threshing floor, the threshing floor is really the church. And if you start studying it, it talks about the threshing floor has to be a higher part of land, higher on a hill, but flat. And if it's not flat, they'll take those rolling things, you know, those big heavy roller things and roll out the land so that there's not any crevices and places to hide from the threshing. <laughs> and it's got to be at least 30 to 40 paces so there's enough room to get down to business. And on that threshing floor, and the Holy Ghost begins to be poured out upon the church, and he begins to separate us. Ooh. He begins to separate us. And Scripture talks about how those that are truly in the kingdom, that have been awakened by the very presence of God, will withstand any and every trial that comes on the threshing floor. That the fire is meant to purify and to separate the wheat and the chaff. That's heavy. That's amazing. That that's his role. His role is to separate and keep us separated in this world. Isaiah 4.4 says that when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst, by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning. It's his job to burn us up. And you know, I, I remember one time, pastor was preaching something about this, about the fire burning, and we had some guests in town, and they were sitting close enough to me to hear me, which could be anywhere in the sanctuary, you know. And I, start, I thought it was so funny how the Holy Ghost was all over Zach. You could tell the fire was on him. And so what do you think I said, Rob? <laughs> burn, baby, burn. And that guest was like, you can't tell him that. <laughs> and I said it again, burn, baby, burn. Because it's in the Bible, right? The spirit of burning in Isaiah 4.4. That's part of his job. When the Holy Ghost burns us up, when he won't leave us alone, when the fire is on us, burning out every impurity within us, that is the power of God. That's the love of God in our life. And so I'll say it again. Burn, baby, burn. Burn me up. Burn me up. In Acts 2, 3, it says that there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. You know, we all joke around and laugh about, you know, being able to see the fire. But the reality of it is there's no difference between that at the day of Pentecost and me watching Carol burn on Sunday night. I mean, that woman was on fire. There was fire on that girl, right? When the Holy Ghost is poured out in our lives, it can come upon us as tongues of fire. She had fire on her. Where's she at? Is she still on the floor? Oh, no, she's back over there. That woman had fire on her this morning. So, when, you know, when people say, well, that was just for old, that was just back in, the, in Bible times, that that's not for today, I don't know about you, but I just experienced it again. Amen? 
And in Malachi 3, and we'll just go to verse 3 this time, it says that he will sit as a refiner and purify of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and as silver. And so this is all a picture of the Holy Spirit in our lives, playing so many amazing roles. As of tongues of fire, he comes and he enlightens our mind. You know, I don't know about you, but when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, the things of the Spirit just made sense. It just makes sense. He enlightens our mind. He convinces our conscience. You know, how many of you doubted the things of the Holy Ghost? And maybe you're even newer to the things of the Holy Ghost, and you're like, I don't know about this. All I've got to tell you is ask the Holy Spirit to come. Because when he comes upon us, he convinces your conscience. No one has to convince me that he's real. No one has to convince me that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost today. Because the Holy Ghost has convinced me himself. He is a burning, quickening, and a strengthening of our affections. You know, how many of us, when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm not talking about the first time, I'm talking about again, like as of this morning, my affections for the kingdom are awakened yet again. They're strengthened all the more as I see the Holy Spirit poured out on my brothers and sisters at the altar, getting set free, watching as the hope is restored, watching as joy comes again, watching as Jesus touches their innermost parts. Our faith is strengthened and quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know how many of us have you ever experienced, I don't feel like it today. And then you step in the room with Jesus. And all of a sudden, you're more on fire than you've ever been. And it's, you're not bipolar. You've just been in the presence of Jesus. That's the kind of quickening and strengthening we're talking about. That he'll take us from dead as a doormat and make us alive in Christ Jesus. Amen? So when we don't feel like it, you know, if you've been around a long time, you've heard us say, you're not going to always feel like worshiping. Just come up and put your hands in the air. Right? You just, self, put your hope in Jesus. And then you cross over. The Holy Ghost comes upon you and electrifies your emotions and your affections to align that our hope is in Christ, that our joy is in Christ. That's some good stuff. You know, it takes the pressure off of us. It takes the pressure off of us, right? And we begin to realize who it is we're relying on. Jesus, my salvation. Jesus, my hope. Jesus, my redeemer. Jesus, my strong tower. Jesus, my provider. Jesus, my everything. When he walks in the room, it all changes. And I'm not talking about performance. I'm talking about when you know that you know that you know that he's the answer. We go beyond what we feel in the moment. Self, I will put my hope in Christ. Our team sang it earlier. You've never let me down. Everything's going to be all right. You've never let me down. And so we position ourselves. We position ourselves under 
the spout where the glory comes out. And he changes everything. Just one moment of time. That's why we worship so long. That's why we linger and we don't hurry. One moment with him will change everything. So let's take a look at what it is that the fire of the Holy Ghost does. In Malachi 3, starting in verse 1, it talks about the Holy Spirit cleansing us. It says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. I wish... That when we were born again, we would just be made like him in all things. But the reality of it is we're still on this side of heaven. And as long as we're on this side of heaven, we'll be being purged. We'll be being purged. He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver and will purify the sons of Levi. You know, I'm a Louisiana girl. And I love to eat crawfish. It's some good stuff. But if you eat that crawfish and it hasn't been purged, I will spit that thing out in a half a second. It is the gnarliest tasting thing. It tastes like dirt. Oh, ask me how I know. Bringing back all the memories. But you know what you're doing. You got you a good Cajun. They're going to get a big old thing of salt. And they're going to pour that salt all over them crawfish. And then we're going to take that water and hose it down. And I'm not talking hosing it down for like a little bit. I'm talking like hosing it down. Drowning them. And in the middle of all that, it, they, they barf. They just barf. And then you hose it down some more. It's a purifying process. But man, if you'll take the time to do it right, those crawfish are clean. You season them just right. And there's some good stuff. But how much more you and I need to be purified? And just like that crawfish, it's not in a quick second. It's the Holy Spirit's job to purify us for Christ. He, we are righteous because he calls us righteous. And so in a believer's life, the power of the Holy Ghost comes and he presses and he burns. And, you know, sometimes it can feel quick and sometimes it can be obvious. And other times you're like, what is happening? Jesus, get off my back. It's too much. 
But if he gets off and if he lets go too quickly, we still have the junk in us. So often, you know, we just think, Lord, burn me, and then I'll be good. Just two seconds at the altar, and I'm good. But the amazing thing about the fire of the Holy Ghost is as he comes and purifies us, he doesn't lay off until the job's done. Just like a good old Cajun with the crawfish. And so sometimes that means that we are going to have to walk away and change our thought process. Change how we talk to ourselves. Maybe sometimes he calls us to go and apologize and make amends. Maybe sometimes it means that we have to go and get an accountability partner. Maybe we have to go to counseling. Maybe we need to change friends. Sometimes that refining can look like writing a type check for the first time. It looks so different for all of us. But what we have to understand is that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit refining us and purging us that we be made more like him. It's not by power. It's not by mind. It's by my spirit. I can't say that enough. It's not about our works that make us righteous. It's not what we do, what we've done in the past. Look, yesterday's righteousness for me is already gone. It's the today. It's the today. And will I yield to that pressing, that burning of the Holy Ghost? Make me more like you. He also illuminates our path. Psalm 78, 14 says that in the daytime also he will lead them with the cloud and all the night with a light of fire. You ever thought about why they had to have a fire at night? Because if they had the cloud at night, they would literally probably walk into the sea and die. Right? You all, you, you'd just be led straight into a mountain. You'd be led straight into those lion's mouth. Right? But by golly, in the darkest seasons of our life, His fire will guide you. His fire will illuminate your path. Scripture says that a man can make, can make his own desires. Can, we can decide our own path. We can choose the way we want to go. But the Lord is the one that directs our path. We can plan it all we want in our hearts, but he will direct our steps. And how does he do it? He shines his light and he lights the path. We don't know why we do half of what we do, except we can't help but go that way. And it's the lighting, the illumination of the Holy Ghost. You know, so many times family members will say, I just feel so guilty. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z for my family. I don't know how to blah, blah. You fill in the blank and begin to feel guilty because you didn't go out of your way for a friend or you didn't go out of your way for a family member. And the reality of it is, is we can only do what he's called us to do. Go back to point A that he's at refining fire. That it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by his spirit. So it's not how much that we can do for someone. This is preaching to someone today. It's not what you can do for someone that makes you righteous. 
It's not how much you can do, but it's allowing him to light your path. Jesus, what have you called me to do? What have you said for me in this situation? What have you said in this season? And he lights our path. He directs our feet. Psalm 39.3, he gives us a passion for God. It says, my heart was heavy within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. God will light your heart on fire for him. You ever seen a young couple in love? You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She has to be cute all the time, and he's just following her around like a puppy dog. <laughs> I saw that, Joe. <laughs> How much more will he light our hearts on fire for him? Our first love. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. An unquenchable fire in our hearts for Jesus. Charles Spurgeon says this, that it became harder at every moment to be quiet. His volcanic soul was tossed with an inward ocean of fire, and it heaved to and fro with a mental earthquake. An eruption was imminent. The burning lava must pour forth in a fiery storm. The fire within us. He lights us on fire with a passion for him. No one has to tell you <laughs> to volunteer or serve, or love people, or tell people about Jesus. It got so quiet, Carol. Because when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of our hearts, everything changes. What I once loved, I don't love anymore. What I once could care less about, I have a passion for. I partied with the best of them in the world. But man, when I fell in love with Jesus, it was on. I didn't fall in love with Jesus because I thought it was a good idea. I didn't fall in love with Jesus because of a bunch of rules and regulations. I fell in love with Jesus because this fire got inside of my heart. It showed me a light that I never knew, a love that I never knew. And you can't ask me to do something else with my life. A passion in our hearts, a passion in our souls, like lava being poured forth. Has he gotten a hold of your affections? You know, I once had a man yell at me, I love God more than you. I don't know about that love. Because the all-consuming love of God changes everything. It changes everything. It's not about works. Not about stature or titles. It's not even about how long we've been saved. It's about his presence. A burning passion for Jesus. Can you feel his fire today? Can you feel his fire today? Touching hearts. Awakening awakening his love within you 
He's an all-consuming fire. In Jeremiah 29, it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back, <laughs> but I couldn't. His fire gives us a zeal for him. Great energy and enthusiasm in the pursuit of Christ. I don't see very many Christians on fire for God looking like a turtle. You ever notice Pentecostals? I mean, we got a fire shut up in our bones. We got a fire, and there's, a, there's great energy and enthusiasm. When we do miracle evangelism, it's not. I mean, we're like, I'm going to pray for that person right there. Hey, let me tell you what the Lord says. I got a word for you. Great zeal and enthusiasm. In 1 Kings 18.38, it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When the Holy Ghost comes, there is great power. You know, here, this is when the, the, they had filled, they had taken the whole trench, right, around the altar and filled it with the water. And the Lord came down and burnt it up consumed the water when the power of God comes when the fire of God comes it always comes in power that which was impossible is now made possible with the Lord we need the power of his presence less self-help books Less gossip chains on the telephone or Facebook. But the presence of the Lord to bring his power in our situation. The fire brings change and assimilation. Ezekiel 1.13 says, And for the likeness of the living creatures... Their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. He changes our very nature. He changes our very appearance when we're in his presence. You know, how many times, and, and if you've not experienced it, I, just, I pray and believe that the fire is falling upon you today. And just like we read earlier that he's opening and enlightening your minds and enlightening your souls about what it is that takes place. But I don't know about you, but I love whenever our worship team is leading worship and they get carried to another dimension and it's no longer them on the platform. I love when I watch my husband transform into someone other than Zach Prosser at the pulpit and he begins running and taking off and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he ain't the same anymore. He changes everything about us. So when, when someone starts 
shouting out at the altar or doing the running man or you're not quite sure what's happening and they look completely distorted in the moment, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the power of God on their life changing them, assimilating us into his likeness. You know, I love telling the story of when we were in the, whatever it's called, the nine months of interview process to come over here. My English is leaving. I'm getting drunker by the moment. And for those of y'all that are new, the drunker uh, is only in Jesus. So as his presence comes, you become more intoxicated. I'm, my cup is beginning to overflow. And I hope yours is too. And so we're in this interview process, and somebody somewhere asked us, if, if I wasn't drunk, I could remember, but it's not important in the moment. What, or we asked someone, what are you going to do? Do you really want the New Testament church? What are you going to do when it's your family member? And I love telling the story of that because, and, and, and Mike said it. He goes, we don't even know what you're talking about. We've never experienced it, so I would love to have that problem. But it's these moments like this that I'm talking about, right, that make us so uncomfortable that when the fire of God comes and Rob can't stand anymore and he's on his, and he's on his back for hours or Pastor Grace is singing and jumping from the platform and she's taken off to another world and isn't even present anymore or Carol is literally grabbing you and shaking you like a rag doll because the fire of God is on her. Right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Someone's jumping up and down at the altar. Someone's in the back praying in the Holy Ghost, and you're like, won't she shut up? No! Assimilation is happening. Are y'all catching what the Spirit's saying? Assimilation is happening. That's the New Testament church. That's the power of Jesus, the power of the baptism and the Holy Ghost changing us. I can't say it enough. It's not about you coming and sitting under teaching for learning how to behave better. You and I can't behave better. We need the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We must be born again, and we need the baptism. We need the fire of God in our lives to change us. One moment changes everything. I can remember I got born again, and man, I thought I was doing good because I stopped doing all the drugs. I thought I was good. I didn't do drugs, and I didn't dress like that anymore. Don't ask me what that is. It's mortifying. But I still smoked pot every day. But I, th I thought I was good. And then someone said, hey, what do you think this scripture means? And, and I was like, I don't know. And then they, they told me about it and how about leaving the past, and do you think that the pot's part of your past? And I was like, oh. And the Holy Ghost really got a hold of my heart, and it was like, that's not you anymore. Right? So the Holy Ghost quickened it. But then I'm sitting in a service, and someone says, talks about good girls and bad girls. And bad girls drink. Yes, I don't drink anymore. Bad girls dance. I don't know how to dance. And bad girls smoke. Well, there you go. I'm a bad girl all over again. The shame of my past came and got a hold of me, clamped 
all over me. And I no longer looked at myself as, as, as a Christian, as a good Christian. No longer looked at myself as the beloved of Christ because someone deemed me unworthy. So every day for 365 days, I quit smoking about five times. And every day I repented of how horrible and sinful and nasty I was. And every day I wondered, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. Maybe he just doesn't love me. Why do they all get it? Why do they all change? But now I'm not changing. What's wrong with me? But thanks be unto God, somewhere along the way, I just wanted Jesus. Somewhere along the way, Jesus and his presence got a hold of my life, and I'm pursuing him, and I'm just letting him love all over me. Was there still some confusion? Yep. But you know what? That refiner's fire was changing me day by day. Day by day, I was feeling less shame when I'd light up the cigarette. I still knew I needed to let it down, but it no longer had the same exact hold on me. It no longer defined me. Jesus kept refining me. And then one day I drove back to Lafayette, Louisiana, and I found myself in that same church auditorium where they told me I was a bad girl. And I'm in that service, and I don't know what they were doing. The pastor had on a fireman's suit, probably talking about the fire maybe. I'll take that. I have no idea what he talked about. Because all I remember was a moment of time it was as if the Holy Ghost just sat in the room for me. And in a moment of time, I was quickened, changed, assimilated into his likeness. And in that one moment, I knew, oh, I'm never smoking again. That is so cool. Nothing to do with me. Everything to do with his presence. His fire changes us. His fire is a protection. For I, Grace, y'all can come back up, please, Pastor Grace. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. You know what? He, we don't need to fear. This is for someone today. Listen up. I know we got people moving. But the Spirit's still moving in here himself. Some people, somebody is walking and living in fear. And I want you to know that the enemy can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you. There's a wall of fire around you. The wall cannot be broken. And anyone who comes against it will suffer. Just ask me how I know that one. There's comfort in that wall of fire encircling us. It's a wall of protection. That wall of protection, it consumes us. It burns the dross out. It changes us. It lights us on fire. It, it enlightens our mind and our understanding. And it protects us. And trust me, the Lord's your vindicator. 
anyone that comes against you, he's going to deal with. They will suffer at that wall. You don't need to focus on them. You just need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And in Acts 19, 19, it consumes our old life. Also, many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. You know, that's a lot of money and a lot of books. But when the fire of God gets a hold of you, you'll burn up the whole, your whole past. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Somebody needs to go home today and start chunking a few things. I'm not joking. I'll come help you. Chunk it. Chunk it. I had to get rid of all my DVDs. It might have been VHSs at the time. But I had to get rid of all the movies. I could not watch another drug scene. I could not watch another party scene. I couldn't listen to Nine Inch Nails and Corn another moment. It would take me back to the old life. It all had to go. I had to start getting rid of clothes and shoes. Come on. I even got rid of my makeup because it was just party girl makeup. Getting rid of it. And then one by one, I had to realign my friendships, realign the relationships in my family. Come on. As the Holy Spirit gets upon us, you cannot separate who you are in church and who you are at home. He consumes our old life and the old is burnt up. Not only does, oh, Jesus. Right now, right now, someone's thinking of past memories and past trauma, past hurt. He will burn that up. That is part of your old life. He burns up. The Holy Spirit, by the sprinkling of the blood, is able to cleanse your conscience clean. He burns up the trauma. He burns up the pain. He burns up the memories. You might still remember them, but they no longer have a hold on you. They no longer define you. He consumes the old life. Luke 24, 32 says, They said to one another, Did our, not our heart burn from within us while he talked with us, with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? You know, as the fire of God comes and it burns in our life, it fuses us together. It fuses us together with Christ. And it fuses us together with the body. It unifies us. And the last one today is Song of Solomon 3.6. Who is this coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and incense, 
with all the merchants' fragrance powders. This fire comes and ascends. It ascends our love towards heaven. You know, love truly isn't love unless it's shared, unless it's released. And the fire of God allows us to release that love heavenward, released in our, our actions, released in our thoughts, released in our life of worship. And so as the Holy Spirit is poured out and that fire begins to fall, yield, yield. He's doing something fresh in you to bring us closer to the Father. Would you stand with me? If you're helping out with the lunch, don't move. The lunch will happen after all that Jesus wants done is accomplished.